Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their best ball mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today. U-Brake Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in complete wheel repair, repairing wheels from curb rash, bends, and cracks. They also specialize in refinishing from polishing, machining, and custom colors that will suit your car's needs. Lastly, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications. Contact them at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112 or at U-Brake Wheel Fix on all social platforms. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, 
a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. We will be previewing the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. But first, this show, as always, is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN, get 20% off your order. Simon Clancy is here. So is Chris Kaufman. How are you, Simon? Um, good, Alf. How are you? I'm doing very well. How about you, Chris? Yeah, so-so. This is so formal. <laughs> Isn't it? Also, why this, are you so... This is, like a, this is like a call to, like, your aunt. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Grandma. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you, son. I've just shit myself. Um, why, why are you only so-so? Uh, just uh, well, actually, I spent most of the day hungover, so that's that's oh, okay. mostly that's mostly it. Nice. Uh, I, we might get a sponsor for that pretty soon. Uh, hangovers? Yes. Wow. Well, yeah. I, guess, I guess some good has to come out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, we were going to talk Colts here, and you know, there's just so much Zach Pascal you can talk about, or Paris Campbell. You know, or the other stylings of Mark Glowinski, who's going to have to be in place of Quentin Nelson this week. Uh, although he's not practicing. He's not practicing either? No. Is there, is there, is there going to be an Indianapolis Colt out there on Sunday? Is that the, I, That's the better question. That's, that's what we need to debate. Are like, they showing they... up? Because I'm looking at their injury list. This is a joke, isn't it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys on IR. I, I just I'm sorry, saw a, 12 guys on IR. <laughs> I just saw a stat that said that 47% of their salary cap is on IR, PUP, or on the injury report. <laughs> nice. Like the, the did not practice injury report, I believe. Nice. You know, you know who's going to start, don't you, at guard, Chris? <laughs> you think Quentin Nelson? No, Chris Reed, your buddy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man, we'll get we'll get a first uh first hand look at whether he can play football or not. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember him. Uh Quiddy Pay looks like he's not going to play. That's that's hot off the wire. Uh I mean, who is gonna play? <laughs> I, seriously. I, I mean look, here here it is. I'll 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 give it to you. I'll give you the DNPs from today. Like um, and they are Jack Doyle, the main tight end. Mark Glowinski, who's supposed to replace Quentin Nelson, right? And, and Quentin Nelson, of course, didn't was a DNP. Quiddy Pay was a DNP. Tackle Braden Smith was a DNP. Uh, safety Kerry Willis. Cornerback Rock Yassin is also a DNP. But then other guys were limited, like Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz, uh, Antoine Woods. So those guys were those guys will probably play them. So well, we'll get into them in a second, but um Jake Laser dropped like a, a J bomb earlier and then uh he's been and following then ran away. Yeah, then he ran, ran away. away. <laughs> and then he went out and then he went to the airport event evidently and ran into some Eagle fans, and the Eagle fans were all excited about you know trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. And he told them, nah, they're they're out, buddy. Which means if they're out, who the hell is in? Uh what a mess this this week has been. Has been as far as Deshaun Watson. I can't wait till this thing is over, one way or the other. Uh, we're gonna have to wait until at least November 2nd to have some definitive 
answer on this for this year, at least for this year, until next offseason. What do you make of this mess all week, Simon? Um, I'm surprised by it. I think it will happen. I think it's almost inevitable. It's one of those things, like for those listeners that understand and, and follow European football and stuff, oftentimes in the newspapers, you'll, you'll hear transfer rumours and a, a player will be linked to a club and continually, continually, continually. And to the point where you just know it's going to happen, you know, it may not happen for another six months, but you kind of mm. think like, he's going to end up at this team. There's, you know, and it always tends to happen that way. And it certainly feels like, it's going to happen that way with Miami and uh, Watson. I just, you know, Peter King made such a great point in MMQB this week. Um, and we talked about it on OnlyFins, but that five game stretch when Tua comes back off the, the IR, starting with Jacksonville, who've just scored here against the Bengals to go seven, nothing up. Um, those five, those next five games, I think are, are, are absolutely critical to the future of Tua in Miami. I think if he blows the doors off, then great. If he doesn't, or if he's kind of middling and, you know, a little bit good, a little bit bad, a lot of bit sort of in the middle, it could be the beginning of the end or the end of the end, really. But, you know, is he even going to get those five games? Because if the, the trade deadline is what, next Tuesday? Um, That's November 2nd, isn't it? November 2nd, in fact, November yeah. 2nd. Yeah, so, so it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be in right in the middle of those five games, like yeah. right after the third of those five games. I mean, I think I think he's got three games to prove himself that he's the future, and I think if he's not, I think Miami will make a move, um, and I think they'll make a big move, and it wouldn't surprise me if they then ended up dealing to her to, you know, the New Orleans Saints. To I mean, look, he is he's you know Sean Payton would look at him and think. There's a lot of Drew Brees in this kid, you know, in terms of stylistically and arm strength and, you know, all those sorts of things. And so, you know, the, the Washington football team, New Orleans. But I, I, to me, I just think there's an air of inevitability about it. Too many people, Justino Anderson, Jay Glazer, too many people with, you know, good people, trustworthy people seem to intimate that it's going to happen. So, um, you know, I think that will be how it plays out. And then the, the, the next issue is obviously the legal and where that ends up. And that'll be such an interesting conversation, you know, because, you know, who is going to give up three, three ones or two or three, whatever the asking price is for somebody who, you know, what happens if he does get, you know, goes to, to jury trial? What happens if he's found guilty? You know, you're trading all that email. I see the field for, I mean, I don't know how American law works, but, you know, are we looking at prison sentence if he's found guilty? Are we looking at community? So what's the, I don't know how these things work over in the States, but if it happened over in the UK, I mean, to me, that's prison time, right? If he's found guilty of of 10 of these cases. So what happens if you've given up three draft picks for a guy who's serving three years at Rikers or whatever? You know, it's like, what the fuck? Well, we you trade know? for him. He'll be serving the time at the Chrome Detention Center, which is closer by. Sorry. Yeah, but you, being, you, you being on point, the Miami right? Dolphins is kind of like serving time. <laughs> Isn't it? Fucking being a fan is like serving time. <laughs> You know, being on the team, at least those pricks get four years and they can fuck off somewhere else. We have to live with it. <laughs> well, uh, the way it works is, is like this, okay? I, I wrote all of this down and I put it on the OnlyFans site so everybody could peruse it. He has 24 total complaints, okay? 22 of these are civil. Of the 22 that are civil, there's eight that have lodged criminal complaints. There's two extra criminal complaints to total 10. 
that are not seeking civil damages, that are not civil cases. Those two, nobody knows what they are. They are about. Those are completely sealed. Okay. The rest, uh, Deshaun Watson's attorney, as I explained on OnlyFans, and I did a lot of research on this all these months, and I did even more today. His attorney seems to be intimating, look, we have evidence that we can present to the grand jury before they deliberate to see whether they're going to bring down indictments. We have evidence that we can turn into them that they need to see on these eight cases, which suggests that for lack of a better phrase, they think that eight of the 22 are going to get tossed, which means dismissed outright in the grand jury. But there's still the 10 criminal cases that have to be deliberated on. If there's an indictment, there is no way he sees the field until 2023. Yeah, he will go. He'll go immediately. This is what the commissioner's example list is is explicitly supposed to be used for is if he does get indicted then i mean it doesn't matter that it's goes unresolved until 2023 he's just not playing football right and then you have the grand jury just sitting around nobody knows when they're going to meet if you don't know unless steven ross and the miami dolphins have somebody in the grand jury (laughs) which by the way would be a federal crime to to actually tell you know an owner of a, a national football league team you know what and when they're going to meet and when are they going to decide something the dolphins must ha- know they must know something though they they must know something you can't put you can't put your reputation or Stephen ross's reputation on the line look what what do, what do you know minority owners like gloria estefan and serena and venus williams and you know, what do they think about this do you know what i mean what what's mm. the women that work with the miami dolphins you know the dolphins are hired two female scouts you know what do they think about this what do do you know what I mean there's just way more to this than they've got to know you can't just you can't just float all this capital people's jobs Greer's job Flores's job you know Ross's reputation you can't float that not knowing whether or not he's going to go to 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 prison or whether he's going to be you know never see the field to 2023 or 2025 or whenever it is how could you possibly do that in, in your right mind well, they see what I think. What I think they're discussing, and what I what I keep hearing is um, teams in general, and Miami Dolphins as well, are you know discussing pick protections essentially to um, to make sure that if if everything does go go wrong legally, um, and he just doesn't see the field, then the Dolphins won't be giving up those you know those first round picks. Um, so I think, I think the way that the way a deal would be structured would very likely be there's some sort of sunk cost, some sort of pick that, um, that goes just to, you know, that goes to the, the other team, to the Texans, no matter what. Um, but then the other ones will probably have some optionality to it. It'll, it'll probably be something like, um, I mean, I, I speculated before that it could be something like a seventh round pick that escalates to a first round pick. If he plays, <laughs> you know, like if he, if he actually is uh, dresses for games or something like that. Um, so would you, I think, would, would you do the deal? Both of you? I, I would not do the deal. I think that even, even if you protect yourself with the picks, I think that, um, that, you know, there's, there's other things that you're doing to yourself. You know, and this is what I wonder about them. And you mentioned it, you know, what do all these people think? Well, sometimes these, sometimes these guys are more blind and deaf 
to what these people would think than than you would think is possible or that that you would think is is rational and um and and they might be thinking they might really be thinking that well as long as we protect ourselves with the you know the pick protections and and uh, you know if everything goes if everything goes poorly um and we don't really owe them anything then there's nothing uh you know nothing lost and um and and i think i think that's wrong i think that there is there are things that were lost, but we are talking about an owner, for example, who, you know, did Gator Day, uh, the, the, <laughs> the game they were facing, Tim Tebow. Um, you know, we're talking about an owner that uh, flew to interview Jim Harbaugh and brought his GM along while, you know, still employing another head coach. Um, you know, we're talking about it. I mean, he, he held that, uh, that fundraiser for Donald Trump. I mean, and and I don't really care what anybody's politics are. You do you, but um, but there was a there was a way that that was perceived, and there was a reaction to that. And and he he always just seems very surprised mm. by um by you know how th- how these things that uh, that he does are perceived. And it wouldn't surprise me really if you know they're kind of stuck in an echo chamber or insulated a little bit from reality, and they're just thinking, well, as long as we protect ourselves, it's fine. And, um, and, and I don't think personally that that will be the case. Uh, that's, that's just my opinion, but, um, I, I think I'm with Simon. I think that there's more likelihood that it gets done than that. It not, it doesn't get done. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be this year or next year. Cause I think that at some point, if the Houston Texans are looking at the dolphins demanding pick protections to that, they're not getting anything if, if the legal situation goes bad. Right. So they're still on the, that means they're still tied to the legal situation. And if they're still tied to the legal situation that way, they might as well just be like, well, we're just going to keep them then. We're just going to keep them and then get a better price next year when there are like five more teams that would, would really like a quarterback, you know? Um, And so I think that, uh, I think that in the end, you know, maybe the Texans will find, that dynamic more appealing and wait till next year. And then Miami has to jump back into it um, with a little bit more competition, but it, but it, Deshaun Watson wants to be in Miami too. So that's very powerful um, mm. as far as, as far as in favor of this trade. So I, I, I do think it's more likely than not. The other issue for me though, is that, you know, almost certainly next year, you're going to have the league MVP or this year, last year's league MVP available to play you know Aaron Rodgers arguably the greatest pure passing quarterback of all time shows no sign of slowing down you you look at the other night like phenomenal Mm -hmm. against the 49ers is you know we don't know that this is definitely going to be his last year in Green Bay but it certainly looks like he's shaking out that way you know he said after the game the other day how much he loves football to me it's inexplicable that you wouldn't consider and I know there's an age difference of 25 to 38 Mm-hmm. And that Rogers has probably got what three years, four years left. I mean, look, I mean, who knows? You look at Tom Brady. Who knows? Tom Brady wants to play till fifty. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He looks better now than he did when he was twenty-four or forty-four. But you know, <laughs> he does. Rogers, you know, the arm is still exactly the same. He's, you know, why would you not be considering Aaron Rodgers? Do you know what I mean? There's nothing. There's no baggage mm-hmm. there. Why would you not consider that for a three, four, five-year window? And that's, he's going to be completely free. Is that right? Like, well, um, I mean, I think they, it feels like, they, you know, the, the signal seem to be that they've come to an agreement unless something changes drastically that he's going to, this is going to be it, that this will be his last season. And then Green Bay will grant his wish that he's traded. Now, 
you know, who knows what will happen? Maybe they they turn it around. You know, if Devontae Adams signs a you know a new long term deal, who knows? But I mean, if he hits the market, you've got to figure that you'd want to be, you know, wouldn't you? It's Aaron Rodgers, right? You know. Yeah. Well, uh, you asked me first if, if I would do the deal for Deshaun yeah, Watson, sorry, dude. and. No, the answer is no, because there's no way of knowing a lot of these things. Okay, fine. His his attorney, his people are intimating that eight of the 22 are bullshit. Okay, fine. Let's say that they are bullshit. That leaves 14. And if it doesn't leave 14, it leaves the two that nobody knows anything about that are criminal complaints that are not civil complaints. Either one of those is a problem, a serious problem going forward, where you're essentially be paying picks for a guy that will not play i figured it out even if he's convicted of the minor of a minor crime maybe he doesn't play until he's 32 so because the legal process and the league process is going to take almost three years that's going to knock off three years of his prime you know i don't I, i don't see how you can have enough information to make a trade as for aaron Rodgers, yeah absolutely (laughs) like uh his agreement with Green Bay is essentially that Green Bay is going to hold an option over him, right, in the offseason, meaning that he can't just tell him, look, you know, hello, goodbye, it's been nice, but now I'm going to go to this place and you get nothing. Green Bay essentially holds his rights, so but they have agreed they're going to trade him. A lot of people keep talking about that he's really into going out west, going to California, to one of mm-hmm. the California teams, although one seems to be pretty fine with what they got. In fact, the two of them <laughs> seem to be fine with what they got. So that leaves San Francisco, and they got Trey Lance, which will be – that'd be a hell of a thing if he goes over there and Trey Lance just looks around and says, oh, my God, I'm going to get Jordan loved here. But it seems to be – oh, maybe it's Denver. But he uh, he seems to be buddies with uh, the Levitard show down here, and he was asked point blank by the Levitard show, would you mind playing in Miami? And he, and he, and he said, I don't know where anybody got this that I have to go west. Of course, I don't mind playing in Miami. So it's, you know, he said it himself. He doesn't mind playing in Miami. I don't think that uh, he's going to burn any bridges and make himself a regional quarterback. So I absolutely go after him in the offseason. And that gives you a season to see, to look at Tua and decide at the end of the year, okay, we're going to go forward with this or we're not going to go forward with this. And are we going to send two first-round picks to Green Bay? For Aaron Rodgers. I absolutely would do something like that. Sign me up. I'll take DJ, it. DJ Chark has just fractured his ankle. Yeah, he was uh, well, he was carted off. He couldn't put any weight on it. it says, yeah. The, the x-rays came back already? Yeah, Rappaport says it's a fracture. Yeah, uh, man, that's tough. Mm, brutal. I, I think I, uh, I almost traded him this morning. <laughs> in one of my fantasy teams. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Well, nobody seems to be talking about, at least in town, about this game this Sunday, but I think it's pretty important. This is an important game coming up here. It's Highly. it's the, the very rare week four must-win game. Simon, how do you feel about this, this matchup coming up on, on Sunday? It's the Jacoby Brissett uh, revenge game. Yeah, I think um, I just think the Dolphins will win. Uh, in the main, because of the brutal injuries that the Colts have got, um, I think it'll be a close game. I like the Colts generally, but you kind of struggle with all those injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know the 
the fact that Carson Wentz is essentially just playing from a wheelchair is um, is interesting and helpful, obviously. And you kind of feel like, you know, if we can get Phillips going, we can get Ogba going, you know, put him under some pressure, that inside pass rush. If you're playing on two sprained ankles, you're not really going to be flexible and have the ability to move around in the pocket. And, you know, ultimately you want to knock him out of the game and, and get... Um, and get Eason in, really, don't you? Um, you know, I think they're a good team, but I just don't think that they are um, set up because of those injuries. And I think, you know, Miami can can do them some damage. You know, D- Darius Leonard, great player, you know, um, but he's not healthy. Quentin Nelson, obviously great player, is not going to play. T.Y. Hilton's been injured. You know, you look in the secondary, no, no, York, no Rocky Asin. Um, the opportunity is there. For, for Miami to, to to start to right this ship and get back to 500, um, which I think they'll do. Um, but I want to see more from, certainly from the offense. So I just want to see best, a better standard of play calling, you know, a better, more consistent. It just seems like you watch that Green Bay game. I'm watching the Bengals here. Like we're talking about Zach Taylor, fuck's sake. You know, that scheming guys open. But the 49ers the other night, the way they scheme guys open, you know, it's just... Um, when do you ever see us, you know, we must make more contested catches than any team in the league. When do you ever see guys running open deep or, you know, it happens so infrequently. I just, I don't know, it's so maddening that we just can't get that position right in terms of coaching. But I think we match up well against Indy. Um, and like I said, I think it'll be a Miami win. And I don't say that very lightly, as, as most people seem to point out early things. They call me grumpy. and say, oh, yeah, you never want them to win, you yeah. know. I, I honestly, I do want them to win. I do care that they win, but you know, it'll be, oh, this will be the first time you pick them to win. Uh, it is, it is. So look at <laughs> wow. that. It means I get took fucking week trounced three. or took till week four. Which, well, you know, <laughs> we shall see. We Chris, shall see. This this matchup uh, matchup. It's not it's not sexy. Yeah, the, the, I guess the only thing sexy about this matchup is that the Dolphins are going to wear their throwbacks and they're dressing up the field for for Shula Day. And they might even announce something as far as, you know, something permanent on the uniforms for Shula. But what do you think of this matchup? You think they'll announce Sunday? the Deshaun Watson trade at halftime? Maybe. Very, well, I tell you what they should do. Um, they, should, they should announce that they're going to the throwbacks full time and then announce the Deshaun Watson trade. So sort of bury bad news. <laughs> Just ride, ride the high. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, this, is, this seems like a scheduled win you know to me um this and it it does make me somewhat nervous that the lines on this game were the line on this game was something like only one and a half right um yeah but it's increased since then as it what's it gotten gotten up to has it crossed the three threshold or is it staying yes i believe so i think okay it's across three Okay, well that's that's probably because of the injuries. This, yeah, this does feel like a, a scheduled win. Um, I think that it, you know, particularly if Rocky Asin is is out, um, then then we've got you know, there's there's hay to be made um, in the sec- secondary. And I think that uh, obviously, I, I don't know if I've seen. I mean that that skill unit that they have, with the exception of Jonathan Taylor, obviously, but that skill unit that they've got offensively, I just, I have almost no respect for. Um, and I, I think that, uh, I think that it's, it flies right into basically the, the strength of Miami's defense, which is their, uh, their coverage and their secondary. And so, you know, the, there's just, I could I could see it being absolutely stifling out there for Carson Wentz to try and get anything done, and that's if he had great ankles, which he doesn't. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, if the offensive line doesn't have Quentin Nelson and, you know, there's there's questionable things there. This just seems like a solid win. And I'll say, hey, I I said this on the last podcast. Miami did better last week than I thought they would. I mean, Mm. they they did better than two of us thought that they would. (laughs) You know, um, they they lost and we we had thought that I mean, Simon and I both thought that they're they're lose the game. Um, but they did make it closer than we imagined. And, um, and I think, you know, I kind of wonder if, uh, if they maybe got things a little bit turned around from the Buffalo disaster a little quicker, even than, um, than I'd have thought. I, I think that as long as Simon called it, you know, call a better, call a better game because, I, Travis Wingfield came up with a, um, a stat this week that he, I think he compiled himself and he talked about the, um, the eight drives, I think it was something like that, mm-hmm. that where the, the offense was constrained by the clock, right? I think they, they, they had to go, they had to pass because they didn't have much time or they were in two minute or, you know, they're playing catch up, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and their average depth of target was over 11 yards on, uh, on, on those drives, not, not completions, but the average depth of, of the targets was over 11 yards on those drives. And on all of the other drives, it was under five, you know, and for, in the passing game. And I think that's unconscionable. Um, and, and when you look at the fact that the, those drives, those clock constrained drives, have been our most successful drives too, you know? Mm -hmm. So when they get, when they get more aggressive in the passing game and they stop crying and whining about sacks and the offensive line um, and have everybody put on their big boy pants and actually try and run a mature passing game. I think that they do have a little bit of success. And, um, and I think that uh, if they, there's been too much of that this week for them to not have noticed, I think. And so I, I do expect them. I do expect them to come out a little more aggressively. Um, I think they have a lot of confidence in Jacoby Brissett uh, from everything that I hear behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be more aggressive. It, it could even be like a nice a nice two touchdown win type of uh, solid win like that. No, I sure hope so. I, I hope that they look like like what they bought this this off season. And getting to that, all the questions this week have been, you know, you bought all these guys in the offseason. You tried to build a team that was going to be aggressive and push the ball down the field. And it, then you don't do it. But then you watch them overtime, and it's all they did in overtime. And, mm-hmm. you know, you make an argument they actually won the game, but they didn't. You know, but that, you know, taking shots into the end zone with your expensive wide receivers, okay, you know, if you don't complete them, you might draw flags. But I, even if you don't, if nothing else happens, you don't get a flag, you don't complete anything, it makes the defense look at you a, a lot differently. And maybe it'll alleviate some of the other things that you want to get done. Do you think that the pressure is probably building there, Simon? Because you got to think, you know, Stephen Ross, football-wise, you know, he's not a stupid man. He knows that Devontae Parker is a good NFL wide receiver. He knows that they spent the sixth overall on Jalen Waddle and that he's highly touted. And he knows that they're paying $11 million a year to Will Fuller. And he also knows he might even have to write a check to Mike Gusecki. Do you think that Stephen Ross is looking around at this coaching staff and saying, guys, this is not what I'm paying for. 
Like, what in the hell are you guys doing on offense? Do you think that that's part of the pressure that's building up this past week and could <laughs> inevitably lead to a, a, a certain other quarterback? Simon? It's an interesting question, mate. I don't know the answer. I mean, I suspect I know the answer. How, but really, it depends on how much Ross actually gets involved in the day-to-day mm. coaching side of things. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, he's not Jerry Jones. We know this. You know, And I don't know the answer to how much he's involved in that. But he can't look at what's happening. Look, I know it's only three weeks of the season, but... The fact that we can't find an offensive coordinator and keep her hold of him, you know, it's been so weird. You know the 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 issues around OCs that we've had every year, and kind of letting guys go, and then Gailey coming in, which just seems so weird. And now, kind of having a, a you know a two sort of a coordinator by committee nonsense, and we might have three. We might have three. That's like, the sad part. <laughs> like, pick a play, for example. You know, I loved the call the other night, and they should get credit for it, that third down run to get a Gaskin, you know, in the fourth quarter, which was an inspired call. But other times, you know, the shovel pass to, to Mike Kosicki, just think... The second the of the game. Yeah, they ran it twice. Came, who the fuck came up with that idea? Who the fuck thought to throw it to Jalen Waddle in the end zone and... Do you know what I mean? I mean, Jalen Waddle, 12 catches, 4.8 yards per catch. You know, what... You know, that's just not, it's things like that. And if you're Stephen Roth, I I don't know how much, uh, you know, do how, how is that fed through the system? Does that go to Tom Garfinkel and is fed down to the coaches? Does that, you know, I, I don't know. But he can't be happy and they must know that he's not happy. I mean, they must know he's not happy because the, what we're being told and what the rumour is that is that, you know, he is on board with this Deshaun Watson situation. Now, whether or not that's true or not, so he can't be happy. If he was happy, he wouldn't be advocating for a trade for a guy who's, you know, potentially going to prison. Um, and as I said on the program th- three, four weeks ago, you know, this is an old man now. He's 83 years old. He must have invested half a billion, a billion dollars in, in this team in, during the time mm. that he's owned it. He wants to see a little bang for his buck. You know, he wants his day in the Super Bowl, son. And I can't blame him for that. But I, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to your question because I don't know how it works. But I would suspect, you know, the 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 line is not too far from you know in terms of his office to to Brian Flores and Chris Greer's office and I suspect he you know doesn't suffer fools gladly when it comes to letting people know how dissatisfied he is. Yeah, I, I gotta think I gotta think that this was one of those weeks where a phone call got placed and you know and Stephen Ross finally had enough and and say, you know because you can't be. It, it, you know, he. There's no way. There's no way that he could look at this at the the offense and the players that they went out and got this offseason, and you're gonna get worse results than you got last year with not even half the talent. You know, it's just not possible. So I would expect much more aggression this this Sunday. All right, let's pick this game, and I guess we'll start with with Chris. Chris, give me a score and second part of the uh, of the of the prediction. Do we get to start seeing some of this offense that we've been talking about all week? Yeah, I think that's tied in with the score because I think it's going to – it feels it feels to me like sort of a, a 28 to 12 kind of ball game. Um, and, and I think that things could be really stifling for, for offensively on um, for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and that'll, you know, that'll, that'll help things out on the offensive side of the ball to in order to 
to get rhythm. Um, so yeah, they, I think they are going to be more aggressive. I think if Rocky sin is really out, um, then that's all the more reason will fuller. I noticed, you know, he did practice today. Um, he was limited, but he did practice. Uh, so I think that's important. And we do have to keep in mind that, you know, Hey, as much as we wanted to see them really unleash this, uh, this wide receiver and pass catching based offense, last week it was still the first game that will fuller played mm. and we didn't even see the guy practice like all through training camps so, or preseason <laughs> or anything so um so you know that may may maybe a forgiveness week i don't know um it depends on how you're inclined but um but yeah i think that they're they're gonna really they're gonna really go foot on the gas with this one and i think they've they've got confidence in the quarterback to do it i think they've got confidence in jacoby Brissett to do it yeah uh, I sure hope so. I, I see. I see it pretty much the same way. Uh, let's call it twenty-seven, thirteen, something like that. I think we're going to see the offense open up a little bit better, and I think uh, they're going to get some help from the Colts' front line. First of all, they have the worst pass rush in the NFL, and Quiddipay might not play, so that's going to help them even more. Which means that the Dolphins' offensive line is going to look much more competent. And that's another thing to to look at. Uh, Austin Jackson says he feels. 100% back from COVID right now. He says that COVID did take a toll on him. I don't know if that's just his pride from that Buffalo game because I don't know. Uh, I, I would have tried try to make any excuse possible, but I don't think COVID fucks your technique up as much as, as it did, okay? It, you know, maybe it messes with your, with your wind and your physicality, but not your technique. Uh, in that Buffalo game, it just looked like he forgot how to play football. But he says he feels much, much better. I think the offense gets a boost there. Simon, score, and what are we going to see from this offense? 31 Miami, 17 Indianapolis. Um, You've you got to open it up. You've got to open it up. You, you know, you look how they managed to move the ball down the back end of the game last week against the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders did a lot differently in terms of coverages. So, you know, they've got to be able to, to, to throw the ball. They've got to put on a show for a, a rapidly disgruntled fan base. Um, you know, they've got to get Jalen Waddle involved, but also the receivers as known as on them to get open, you know, and we say it mm. over and over again, they're not very good at getting open. They don't gain a lot of separation. Um, you know, they've got a, better route combinations, better, you know, just a, better ways of scheming people open, you know, and Miami just don't seem capable of doing that. It's, it's eminently frustrating. Um, but I think um, I think they will win, um, and I think they'll. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sold it will necessarily be pretty, but I think they'll get it done. Especially with you know, they're just some of those critical players out. Nelson, Pay, you know, the ability to to, to threaten um, Austin Jackson, um, Rocky Sin obviously being out would be would be huge as well. But yeah, I think a Miami win at home, Shula Day, throwbacks. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, I, I look forward to it. And, and I hope they do something. There, There's a rumor they will do something permanent with the uniform as far as like maybe putting Shula's initials or maybe even the word Shula somewhere on the sleeve, kind of like what the Bears did with, with George Hallis. I hope that that happens because I think it'll, it'll be a fitting tribute to the man. All right. That's it. There is no more. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.